Well, tonight will be uh, our last in a, in a series on worship. I, I began it with the intent to help you understand what worship is and what it isn't. And I hope you've seen that most of what we call worship isn't. It's much like us in that it too sins and falls short of the glory of God. Now, think of that. Think of that. That's just a fact. Uh, our worship often sins and falls short of the glory of God. Could you consider that? Look, listen to what Isaiah said, or God said through Isaiah. These are not our verses for tonight, but they help us understand. Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and the solemn assembly. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. That's in the very first chapter of the book of Isaiah. God is telling his people that he's not pleased with their worship. Now, so as we flip through what we call worship and go home, pleased that we came, we should understand that the God to whom worship should be directed may not be pleased at all. So we're coming to an understanding of what worship is and what worship isn't, and that's a necessary process, and I hope that you will see that and understand that a little bit better tonight with this concluding message. Now, God could only say this through Isaiah after he had spoken to Isaiah in a moment of dynamic worship. And that's, as you can see, the title of the message tonight. Isaiah was called in a moment of dynamic worship. So we're going to look at that in a moment. But before we do, uh, you would probably agree with me that worship ought to be dynamic. But as we agree on what we think we are agreeing on, we need to consider what dynamic means. You might be surprised. Here's the definition from the dictionary. It means characterized by constant change, activity, or progress. As a noun, it means a force that stimulates change or progress within a system or process. Now, you may not so much agree that what we need is dynamic worship, but in fact, it's a biblical direction. So, uh, this is not only true of our corporate worship, but of our individual experience of worship. The Bible says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. There was physical growth and there was spiritual growth. Where worship has become lethargic and apathetic, it is not growing. And the people who are part of it are not growing and they will not grow. Thus the need for dynamic worship as an encounter that stimulates change 
our progress. So tonight, we're going to consider it from Isaiah's own experience. Now, before we read this passage of Scripture from the sixth chapter of Isaiah, I want you to think about it. Because as Isaiah entered the temple, as any ordinary person would, expecting what any ordinary person would, what do you expect when you come to church? You expect the songs and the offering and the sermon. You expect the same old, same old. Basically, that's what they expected too. They didn't expect anything out of the ordinary. And Isaiah came and he expected the rituals and the offerings and the incense and all the pomp and circumstance that went with it. And don't lose sight of the fact that as we read the sixth chapter of Isaiah, as he was in the temple, we are reading of his experience alone. This was dynamic worship for Isaiah. We can assume that there might have been other people there, but they didn't have the same experience. You say, how can that be? Well, the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ that no one else had but him. They all realized something had happened. They didn't know exactly what it was, but he alone had the experience with the Lord. So this experience in Isaiah 6 is unique to Isaiah, and it's very important that we look at it tonight. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, or in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory, and the foundations of the threshold shook and the, and, and, at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity has taken away, and your sin is forgiven. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go, tell. Now in this passage of Scripture, there are seven elements of dynamic worship. You see them all there. You could label them. I'm going to label them for you so that you might see and understand what it is that I'm talking about tonight. Now, lest we lose sight of it, I remind you that no one in the Bible who knew God did so on the basis of facts alone. It was not merely an intellectual understanding of Scripture. Their knowledge of God may have included that, but it was not limited to that. Every person in the Bible who knew God came to know God by experience. By experience. Dynamic worship is an experience with God. God Himself is the dynamic of dynamic worship. So dynamic worship 
is characterized by a presence. It is the manifest presence of the living God made known to us in the manner of God's choosing and at the moment of God's choosing. It was the manner of God's choosing and the moment of God's choosing for Isaiah. It was not his first visit to the temple. It was not his last. But in that moment, he had an encounter with God. The dynamic of dynamic worship is not the music. It is not the message or the messenger. It is the presence of God. That's why Isaiah said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. It was an experience. Dynamic worship necessitates the presence of God, and you will not have it without His presence. So unless men and women, boys and girls, have seen the Lord in the service of your church, it's not dynamic worship. Now this week we had Bible school, and the kids came, and and they had fun, uh, and that's okay. But we wanted them to go beyond having fun to having an encounter with the Lord. We want them to experience His presence, and that ought to be the prayer, our prayer, for our worship services every time we gather together, that the dynamic in our service would be nothing less than the presence of God. Do you think that's what the Lord wanted? Well, I answer that question by reminding you that it's what he promised. Jesus said, whenever two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. He's present, but have we recognized his presence, adjusted adjusted ourselves to his presence? Are we looking for his presence, expecting his presence? He also said, to his disciples, he said, without me, you can do nothing. How often will we have to have that illustrated in this church or in the church at large before we realize how desperately we need to seek the manifest presence of God in this place? So I think we've established the first element of dynamic worship, that it is none other than the presence of God. The second element of dynamic worship is that it is personal. These are very simple. They're not profound. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. Were there other people present? We're going to ponder that as we go through this. Or was he all alone? We don't know. I think it could have been either, but we know this as we've looked at the defining experience of worship in the Bible in this series, which was back in the 19th chapter of the book of Exodus when the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt to the foot of Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai and the mountain trembled and, and, and was covered with smoke and they had that experience with God that all of them to a man would have said that day, I saw the Lord. I say that to remind you that if you've never had such an experience, You've never been a part of dynamic worship. Now, I'm not saying that your experience ought to be exactly like Isaiah's. It will not be, nor will it be exactly like the experience Moses had in the burning bush. But there ought to be moments in the life of this church when at the conclusion of the service, somebody walks out the door and says, in that service this morning, I saw the Lord. I suggest to you that will be different for every individual because every heart is different, 
Every person's need is different. Every person's burden is different. And I will also say that it can happen without every person having the same testimony of having seen the Lord. That's the way it was for Paul on the road to Damascus. He alone of all those present saw the Lord. That was his testimony. But we ought to be praying for dynamic worship from Sunday to Sunday. We want to experience God, not just hear facts about God. It's not enough to hear facts about God. We want to experience God. The dynamic of dynamic worship is God's own presence, and in dynamic worship, someone always sees the Lord. Number three, the third element of dynamic worship is power. That power, of course, is the power of God. Consider it, consider it here in this passage. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. In Exodus 19, as we read that story, the whole mountain trembled. And then in Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, reflecting on Moses' experience, the Bible says Moses said at that moment, I am full of fear and trembling. So first, there was a power that was felt by those who were, who were present. Is that something our Lord intended for us to experience as a part of worship? Power? Well, that's what he told his disciples, is it not? He said, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And the Bible says of the apostles that with great power they gave testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the Bible says that when they prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken. They anticipated that power. They expected that power. They prayed for that power. It was a power that shook men to their souls. It was a power that Paul told the church at Corinth that they should expect. He said in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 24 and 25, he said, if, if everybody in your church is prophesying and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and he will, he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. In, in these, those two verses, we see uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 24, and 25, we see several of the elements of dynamic worship. First, the presence of God is certainly among you. Second, the personal element of the man who saw the Lord and fell on his face. And third, the power that prompted him to do so. There is power. The foundations of the threshold shook while the temple was filling with smoke. Now, was Isaiah in a crowd when this happened? Was, was he all by himself? Was this something that just he experienced, something he felt? I don't know. I don't think we can, we can say for sure. But I've, I have been in a worship service where I was shaken by the power of God and nobody else was. Shaken to my core, to where I was at the altar weeping as a father over what God had said to me about my personal failure. Nobody else was, but I was. And I have also been in a worship service where children 
were falling at the altar and adults were falling at the altar and deacons were falling at the altar and staff members were falling at the altar and to a person who left that service, they would have said, I saw the Lord. Dynamic worship. It was personal and there was power. The dynamic of dynamic worship is not the music or the message or the messenger. It's the presence of God. And I long for that in God's house and among God's people. And I long for God's people to long for that. The fourth element of dynamic worship is penitence. Penitence. That's not a word that we normally use. And uh, so I want to describe it for you. I use that word distinct from repentance. It's not repentance. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, Paul describes it as a sorrow that leads to repentance. It's a sorrow that comes from God. Listen to it. Paul says in verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 7, For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Did you see that expression? Sorrow that is according to the will of God. Watch it happen here in Isaiah's life. He describes it. He says, in that encounter where God was and where there was a voice and the foundations of the threshold were trembling, Isaiah said in verse 5, Woe is me because I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah experienced godly sorrow. It was sorrow according to the will of God. And so uh, he realized he's in the presence of God. He's broken because he saw the Lord. It's a brokenness that, that must come in dynamic worship. First, a broken heart. Then, a contrite heart. The repentance in dynamic worship People are broken, not by illness or grief or tragedy. That's what we expect people to be broken by. Oh, they've got a problem. It's not the problem. It's not a problem they've got. It's a vision of the holiness of God. That's what brings brokenness. The only thing I have that to compare it to, and I don't think this is original with me. I think I've heard it somewhere before. I think I remember hearing it. It's a bug light. The miserable bug is drawn irresistibly to the bug light. Why? You know, you ever ask a bug why he's drawn to a bug light? He'd say, I don't know why. I just am. And what happens when he gets to the bug light? The bug light that he's irresistibly drawn to, he's consumed by it. This is what happened to Isaiah. He saw the Lord. He saw His majesty. He saw His holiness. He heard the angels cry holy. He felt the power shake the temple. He felt ruin at the same time, broken, helpless, and overwhelmingly hopeless. It was equally because of who God was and who He was. I'm a man of unclean lips. In other words, I'm not the man I ought to be. I'm a sinner, and I dwell a bunch of, in a bunch of, a, amidst a whole bunch of people who are sinners. I know this now about me because I saw the Lord. 
Remember, dynamic means characterized by constant change, activity, or progress. As a noun, it means a force that stimulates change or progress within a system or process. So something is happening here. This is a process taking place, being shaped by the dynamic of God's own presence, creating all of these elements of dynamic worship. Here's the fifth one. The fifth element of dynamic worship is purging. You see it in verse 6. Then one of the angels, one of the seraphim, flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he'd taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. Now, I would say to you that there is nothing about what I'm describing to you that can be created or orchestrated or conducted by something that we can do. Dynamic worship is something we should seek. It's something we should pray for. It's something we should prepare for and long for. But dynamic worship and the changes that it brings is something only God can do. It requires His presence. It requires His power. It's very personal. Even in a gathering of many people who may experience the Lord, it brings penitence to individuals, godly sorrow, and it produces change. The first change is this purging that takes place that is dispatched from the throne of God. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is forgiven. Like Lazarus come forth. He didn't call everybody out of the grave. It was just Isaiah who was getting the blessing here. It was just Isaiah who was getting the cleansing here. It was because Isaiah was encountering the Lord and he was repenting of his sin in that moment of brokenness. We had a lady in our church in Hamilton, I think I've mentioned this song to Dana. She used to sing a song by Damaris Carball, I believe I've got that name right, called He Has Forgiven Me. Let me read you, there are only two verses to the song, let me read it to you. When she would sing, she would sing it with power. The Lord always ministered to my heart when she sang. I know what it's like to think of things I've done and want to run and hide my head in shame. I know what it's like to really hurt someone and feel no sense of sorrow at their pain. But I know what it's like to have enough of my disgrace and find because of Jesus' blood my sin can be erased. He has forgiven me. My sins have been washed from his memory by the blood of the Lamb of Calvary. He has forgiven me. Do you know what it's like for God to be your friend, to talk with him with nothing in between, do you know what it's like when the day comes to an end to sleep in peace because your heart is clean? Do you know what it's like when the accuser comes your way to look him squarely in the eye with confidence and say, He has forgiven me. That's how Isaiah walked out of that temple that day. He encountered the Lord. He was shaken. He was broken. But he was purged. He went home clean. The sixth element of dynamic worship is probing. Dynamic worship begins with the vision of God's presence, and it results 
in the probing of God's voice. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? God not just really saying, You need to go. He was just probing Isaiah. Isaiah, I've got some work that needs to be done. I've got some children that need to be taught. I've got some people that need to be witnessed to. I've got a mission field that needs someone to serve. I've got pastors I need on the field. And he begins this probing of Isaiah. And remember, dynamic means characterized by constant change, activity, or progress. And as a noun, it means a force that stimulates change or progress within a system or process. I want to ask you, what changes are being made here by the probing of God's Spirit? What people are being called like Isaiah was being called? Is he calling and you're not responding? Is he speaking and you're not hearing? Is it because he's not speaking or is it because... People don't belong to him and they can't hear him speak. Finally, we need to finish. The seventh element of dynamic worship is passion. And I tell you why. The opposite, the antonym of dynamic is apathy and lethargy. That's what it is. Apathy and lethargy. But that was not what came out of this experience for Isaiah. He was passionate about responding to God's assignment. He said, here am I, send me. And God said, go tell. And he, he was called and he answered that call. He was also passionate about that mission. He was passionate because in a, in a service of dynamic worship, Isaiah experienced God. That passion is born out of dynamic worship. That passion is reflected in a congregation that experiences dynamic worship. But where there's apathy and lethargy and no passion for God's purpose, that's exactly the opposite. And it reveals what's happening from Sunday to Sunday in the life of the people. Constant change, activity, or progress moved by a force and, of course, that force that we're talking about is God's own presence. It's the person and power of the Holy Spirit that's stimulating change. It brings a person face-to-face -face with God and face-to-face -face with the person they are and then face-to-face -face with the fact that you and I need to yield up our lives in passionate surrender. God, I'm yours. Here I am. Send me. I'll do it, Lord. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Thank you, God, for what you've done in my life. I'm ready. Lord, let's go. Let's do. Let's fulfill your mission. Let's, let's meet this need. Let's do whatever it takes. That is what happens in dynamic worship. Let's pray.